there's no better feeling than a personal win. And the State Farm Personal Price Plan can help you do just that. Talk to a State Farm agent today to learn how you can bundle and save with the personal price plan. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Prices are based on rating plans that vary by state. Coverage options are selected by the customer. Availability, amount of discounts and savings, and eligibility vary by state. This Father's Day, the Home Depot has same-day delivery on the perfect gift to help dad be everything he can be. Because your dad is more than just a dad. He's groundskeeper of the yard. The perfecter of the patio. And the cleaner of the clippings. Let the Home Depot help power dad's doing with the convenience and gas-like power of Milwaukee cordless outdoor tools. Plus, get up to $150 off select Milwaukee tools. For everything dad is, find the perfect gift at the Home Depot. How doers get more done. Order select and stock items by 4 p.m. subject to availability. Welcome back to Collector's Closet, presented by the Ohio Lottery. Let's discuss my newest prize possession, this new $10 scratch-off, the $500,000 Platinum Jackpot. The best method I've found so far to help it hold its value is to vacuum seal it. This thing cannot get scratched. What's that? Sorry, my producer's telling me the only way it could be worth up to 500 grand is if I do scratch it? Okay, well, in that case, definitely don't overprotect your $500,000 platinum jackpot scratch-offs. Play them. Lottery players are subject to Ohio laws and commission regulations. Play responsibly. Hunger is an instinct. It's a way your body communicates with you, telling you that it needs sustenance to keep going. For healthy people, hunger and eating are an afterthought, just another daily activity we all take part in. But imagine that your hunger was something that never went away. No matter how much you ate, your body kept telling you more. This was the curse of Terrar. Terrar, the only name we have for an 18th century French glutton, was known for eating everything from metal forks to human flesh. He was so consumed by his own hunger that it ultimately led to his destruction. Terrar's ability to eat confounded the doctors of the time, and even today, his unnatural talents still raise a lot of unanswered questions. How was he able to eat as much as he did? Was he truly unique, or have there been others like him in the centuries since his death? In life, there's so much we don't know. But in this podcast, we don't take we don't know for an answer. Every week, we investigate the greatest mysteries of history and life on Earth. Welcome to Unexplained Mysteries on the Podcast Network. I'm your host, Richard. And I'm your host, Molly. You can listen to previous episodes of Unexplained Mysteries, as well as all of ParCast's other shows, wherever you listen to podcasts. A new episode comes out every Thursday. You can also find us on Facebook and Instagram at ParCast, on Twitter at ParCast Network, and at ParCast.com. Some of you have been asking us how you can help support the show. Well, if you enjoy the podcast, the best way to support us is to leave a five-star review wherever you're listening. This is our second episode on Terrar, the eating machine of France, and the mystery surrounding his identity and insatiable appetite. Last week, we read a doctor's account of Terrar's life and the mystery surrounding his strange medical condition. This week, we're going to explore possible explanations for his appetite, including a look at the science behind binge eating. 
We'll also examine other examples of extraordinary appetites from the past and the modern day. When you look at the stories and accounts of the doctors who examined him, Terrar does not seem like a real person. He was said to be thin and sallow, yet he was supposed to be able to eat a quarter of a cow in under 24 hours. As we said in the last episode, that's over 100 pounds of meat. Terrar was estimated to weigh only 100 pounds. If he could, in fact, eat a quarter of a cow in one sitting, that means he was able to eat his own weight in meat. This sounds impossible, but Terrar's stomach was said to be able to stretch to unbelievable proportions. When he hadn't eaten, his stomach's skin could be pulled all the way around his torso. The man could be his own corset. If his stomach could stretch that far, it's plausible that he could eat as much as the story claimed. But it's hard to imagine a medical condition that could drive a man to eat his own weight in anything. Terrar lived off his bizarre, grotesque ability. He would perform feats of eating in the streets of Paris, swallowing a dozen eggs at once or eating a barrel of apples at an extraordinary speed. His public binge eating would be followed by bouts of diarrhea that would last for hours. He was likely seen as a medical anomaly, a freak of nature in his own time. But in our modern times, we know there's a science in pushing your guts to extraordinary limits. Today, that phenomenon is best exemplified by competitive eaters. To start off our examination of the mystery behind Terrar, we're going to look at the science that might allow a person to eat the way Terrar did. We're going to compare his feats to the stats of current champion binge eaters. The most famous competitive eating contest is the Nathan's Hot Dog Eating Contest held on Coney Island, New York on the 4th of July. This contest has happened every year since 1972, and it has seen food consumption of phenomenal proportions. With 72 Nathan's famous hot dogs and buns, a new world record, the Nathan's famous 4th of July champion of the world! Joey Chestnut has now won the Nathan's Famous Hot Dog Eating Contest 11 times, taking his second in a row with a record 74 dogs and buns. For context, Joey Chestnut stands at 6 foot 1 and weighs 230 pounds. 74 Nathan's Hot Dogs with Buns weigh just under 16 pounds. A good-sized Thanksgiving turkey weighs 16 pounds, and this record means Joey Chestnut could eat the entire bird within 10 minutes. As a world record-holding eater, Joey Chestnut manages to eat 7% of his own body weight in that 10 minutes. Tarar was said to be able to eat his own weight of 100 pounds in a single sitting. If Joey Chestnut kept up his world record pace, he could eat 100 pounds of meat in just over an hour. An even closer comparison to Terrar is another Olympic-class eater named Takaru Kobayashi. Takaru has managed to eat 69 hot dogs in 10 minutes, approximately 15 pounds of food. While Joey Chestnut stands over 6 feet tall, Takaru Kobayashi is only 5 feet 8 inches tall, and at his heaviest, he weighed 135 pounds. Keeping up with Joey Chestnut, Takaru can eat 11% of his weight in just 10 minutes. 
Takaru's ability to eat that much food in such a short amount of time means Tarar's amazing feats of eating could theoretically be possible. After all, speed eaters have a very limited amount of time to eat as much as they can. Tarar had unlimited time, and as the story goes, an unlimited appetite. So how does Joey Chestnut do it? You have to slowly build up a tolerance, and you have to be healthy. You have to be able to push your body, have some cardiovascular ability. Uh, I was sweating like a madman up here, and uh, I was pushing my body really hard. Competitive eaters deliberately push their limits, but they don't do it out of compulsion. If a person with self-control can stretch their stomachs to gargantuan proportions, Tarar's ceaseless hunger could easily surpass anything mankind has seen before. But what happens to a person's stomach when they eat such copious amounts of food? Thanks to a study from 2007, published in the American Journal of Rentgenology, titled Competitive Speed Eating, Truth and Consequences, we now have some sense of a speed eater's digestive capabilities. In this study, Dr. Mark Levine and others compared the stomach of an average man with a healthy appetite to the stomach of one of the 10 greatest speed eaters in the world, who we will call Steve, although that's not his real name. Before their experiments, the doctors theorized that speed eaters could eat such large amounts for two possible reasons. One, the speed eater's stomach could hold an unusual amount of food. Or two, the speed eater's stomach forced food into the intestines at a faster rate, allowing food to be consumed quicker. With their first experiment, the doctors had their patients eat food marked with radiation to make the food perceivable as it moved through their digestive tracts. They found that the average man's stomach emptied 75% of the meal after two hours, while Steve's stomach only emptied 25% of the meal in those same two hours. This means that competitive speed eaters actually digest food at a slower rate than the average person. The doctor's initial theory that the stomach forced food into the intestine at a faster rate was proven wrong. With their second experiment, they had the average man and Steve hold their own speed eating contest, and they measured both men's stomachs before, during, and after the competition. The average man ate seven hot dogs before he had to stop eating. He reported nausea and fullness, saying he would likely throw up if he ate another bite. That feeling of fullness is called the satiety reflex. This is the natural signal that the stomach sends the brain to tell people to stop eating. If the average person continues eating, the satiety reflex is also the biological function that will force the stomach to puke in order to avoid gastric perforation, another term for a tear in the stomach. Furthermore, the average man's stomach hardly increased in size at all. It stretched only a small amount before gastric peristalsis set in. Gastric peristalsis is the term for the abdominal muscle movements that assist digestion. When the average person eats food, gastric peristalsis shrinks the stomach to help it break down the food, digest it, and later move the food into the small intestine. Rather than stretch, the average man's stomach actually contracted against the meal. Then Levine studied the speed eater's stomach. They scanned his stomach before eating and found that while Steve's stomach was approximately the size of an ordinary stomach, it possessed wrinkles and folds that were not present in the average person's stomach. 
The researchers then had Steve consume as many hot dogs as he could over a 10-minute period. Steve ate 36 hot dogs before the doctors told him to stop. He insisted he could keep eating, but the researchers felt 36 were enough for their purposes. They had Steve lift his shirt to observe the effects from the outside. They stated, quote, his previously flat abdomen protruded enough to create the distinct impression of a developing intrauterine pregnancy, end quote. In other words, his stomach visibly inflated out like a balloon. Much like Terrar's stomach. The research team scanned his stomach and found that it, quote, acted as a compliant expansile receptacle, dilating to a degree that it could accept an almost unlimited volume of food, end quote. Steve's satiety reflex was non-existent. He simply never felt full, and his stomach showed no signs of gastric peristalsis. Unlike the average person's stomach, a speed eater's stomach only stretches and hardly contracts. This lined up with a doctor's earlier measurement that the speed eater's stomach empties into his intestines at a slower rate than the average person. It's likely due to the speed eater's distinct lack of gastric peristalsis. The stomach muscles don't contract. Therefore, they don't push food into the small intestine like a normal person's stomach would. The researchers then asked, what made Steve capable of eating so much food? Was he born with this ability, or did he develop it over time? They found out that speed eaters don't naturally have the aptitude to eat as much as they do. Instead, speed eaters enter into heavy and strictly regimented training schedules, eating pounds of cheap, low-calorie foods like cabbage and drinking gallons of water with the express purpose of stretching the stomach inch by inch. The researchers found that this type of training requires incredible willpower to overcome the body's natural satiety reflex and override the body's inherent gastric peristalsis. Much like Olympic athletes pushing past their burning muscles to reach new heights of athleticism, the competitive speed eater steadily pushes past their stomach's physical limits to achieve superhuman levels of consumption. Also like athletes, Competitive eaters follow strictly regimented diets. Because they can no longer tell when they're full, they have to measure out their everyday meals to be sure they don't become obese. Competitive speed eaters are truly dedicated to their sport. However, the researchers were not convinced that this is a good thing. Due to the relatively recent popularity of the sport, there haven't been any long-term studies on the effects of competitive eating as a person ages. But even with the lack of hard data, the researchers felt confident enough to speculate. They concluded their study by saying, quote, We speculate that professional speed eaters eventually may develop morbid obesity, profound gastroparesis, intractable nausea and vomiting, and even the need for a gastrectomy. Despite its growing popularity, competitive speed eating is a potentially self-destructive form of behavior, end quote. So even for people with extraordinary levels of self-control, regularly eating gargantuan-sized meals can have long-term negative effects. We likely saw some of these effects already existent in the life of Tarar. Unlike competitive eaters, Tarar was possessed by his hunger and his self-control was non-existent. While most competitive eaters start training after they've already reached their 20s, 
Carrara's hunger started when he was young, and he consistently ate whatever he could, whenever he could. Terrar likely never had a satiety reflex, and this means his stomach was always being stretched. It's impossible to tell what afflicted Terrar first, his unending hunger or his expandable stomach that allowed him to gorge himself. But based on what we've seen from Levine's study, it seems likely that Terrar was born with a disorder that caused him great hunger. As he stuffed himself, his stomach evolved in order to deal with the amount of material Terrar was putting down there. Theoretically, it could have even been stretched to the point where he could eat his own weight in meat in a single sitting. And Terrar also suffered from intractable diarrhea and sometimes excruciating constipation. Unlike competitive eaters, food left his stomach at a rapid pace implying that Terrar couldn't digest most of the food he ate in the first place. This, combined with his lack of a satiety reflex, would push Terrar to continuously eat in a feedback loop of endless hunger. But what exactly started Terrar's hunger in the first place? We'll explore that next. Now back to the story. Competitive eaters trained for years in order to stretch the heights of eating that Terrar was capable of. However, unlike Terrar, competitive eaters possess extraordinary levels of self-control. Terrar was naturally ravenous, to the point where his constant eating was self-destructive. His pursuit of food was so singular, it was likely caused by some sort of disease. Last week, we touched on several possible causes for Terrar's bizarre abilities. Prader-Willi syndrome, hyperthyroidism, and traumatic brain damage. We know Terrar likely didn't suffer from Prader-Willi syndrome, but let's get a little more in-depth with our other options and examine two additional explanations, pica and diabetes. Hyperthyroidism is a condition in which your thyroid gland produces too much of the hormone thyroxine, a hormone that regulates everything from metabolism to bone maintenance. Hyperthyroidism can accelerate your body's metabolism significantly, causing sudden weight loss, irregular heartbeat, sweating, nervousness, and irritability. Terrar could eat endlessly without ever gaining weight. He was said to be constantly drenched in sweat and irritable when he hadn't eaten. Like those candy bar commercials. Another symptom of hyperthyroidism is the presence of sleep disorders. The thyroid is the master gland for metabolism one of the biological processes that affect our sleep patterns. When a person's hormone levels are too high, their body can react in the same way as if they had taken a stimulant. This person would suffer frequent insomnia, restlessness, and anxiety. As we covered in last week's episode, when Terrar's doctors stopped feeding him endless supplies of food, Terrar took to wandering through the morgue late at night, eating human flesh from the fresh and not-so-fresh corpses. He was even suspected of abducting and eating a toddler in the dead of night. Even a cannibal needs sleep. Unless they suffer from insomnia. Exactly. Naturally, a person who suffered from hyperthyroidism would want treatment for their condition. Treatments for hyperthyroidism can vary. Sometimes a surgery is necessary to remove parts of the thyroid gland, and other times, medications like iodine can be used to manage it. If it's ignored, hyperthyroidism can cause deadly results. 
Heart problems occur, bones become brittle, eye problems can lead to blindness, and sometimes a thyrotoxic crisis can develop. A thyrotoxic crisis, or thyroid storm, occurs when the thyroid produces too many hormones for the body to process. A thyroid storm can cause fever, rapid pulse, and even delirium. Theoretically, this delirium could have driven Tarara to eat human flesh. If you've spent your whole life eating anything you could get your hands on, and you felt like you were starving, and your thought process was compromised by delirium, maybe you'd eat a person too. To you, it might not even look or feel like a living thing. They'd just be more food. Maybe not, though. Let's hope not. Anyways, if it's possible that Tarar suffered from hyperthyroidism, then it's also possible that the doctors of his time simply didn't have the medical knowledge to diagnose him. Of course, that all depends on what 18th century doctors knew about hyperthyroidism at the time. One of the primary symptoms of hyperthyroidism, called a goiter, the swelling of the neck due to an enlarged thyroid, has been in recorded history since 2700 BC. Medical science had not made much progress in 2700 BC, and the only treatment people prescribed for goiters was to lay seaweed on the affected skin and sometimes eat the seaweed. This was the common treatment for goiters for several millennia. Then in 1543, Belgian physician Andreas Vesalius first gave an anatomical description of the thyroid. Over the next 200 years, various doctors and practitioners began to discover how it functioned and how to treat it. In 1789, 17 years after Terrar's birth, F.E. Fauder, an accomplished French physician, suggested that there was a medical link between a goiter and the thyroid. And in 1811, iodine was discovered in seaweed. In 1819, doctors discovered that iodine could be used to treat goiters, proving that the old seaweed remedy from 2700 BC actually had some scientific merit. If Terrar suffered from hyperthyroidism, iodine could have helped treat him. However, he died 22 years before iodine began to be used in a medical capacity. Terrar was only 22 years away from a possible cure to his condition. It almost makes one think of all the possible cures we'll have only 22 years from now. Of course, iodine would only be a cure for Tarar if he did, in fact, suffer from hyperthyroidism. In the 1700s, the presence of a goiter would be the only way to diagnose that condition. Dr. Percy, Tarar's primary physician, never mentioned the presence of a goiter. Tarar was also thin, so a goiter would stand out. However, the surgeon who performed Terrar's autopsy described Terrar's throat as abnormally large. Terrar's throat was so large, the surgeon could look down Terrar's mouth and see straight into his stomach. It is theoretically possible that such a massive gullet could hide a goiter, but as that was never mentioned in the autopsy, we can never really know for sure. So as far as potential illnesses go, it seems like hyperthyroidism makes a strong case as the explanation for Terrar's situation. Certainly, but several other possibilities remain. For instance, diabetes shares many symptoms with hyperthyroidism. Diabetes can produce polyphagia, the condition that Terrar was famous for. 
Well, hyperthyroidism is a disease that affects metabolic hormone levels. Diabetes is a disease that affects insulin hormone levels. Insulin is a hormone produced by the pancreas that regulates the amount of glucose in the blood. Insulin converts food into energy and vice versa, effectively storing and maintaining sugars and fats to help regulate the body. Diabetes negatively affects the body's ability to control its own insulin levels, and that in turn affects blood sugar levels. Polyphagia can be caused by both hyperglycemia and hypoglycemia, when blood sugar levels are too high or too low. There is no cure for diabetes. It can only be managed. While Terrar was alive, the only way people could somewhat manage diabetes was through excessive exercise. Terrar could hardly take a break from his eating schedule to exercise, so his diabetes would have been unmanageable. If diabetes becomes unmanageable, people with ongoing high blood sugar can experience damage to the eyes and kidneys, troubled vision, nerve damage, and stomach and intestinal problems, such as chronic constipation or diarrhea. Terrar was carefully described as having bloodshot eyes and horrible issues with diarrhea. With his extreme polyphagia, it's not too far-fetched to suggest that Terrar actually suffered from diabetes. We also have a third possibility, known as pica. Pica is a psychological eating disorder that drives people to eat things that lack nutritional value. A person suffering from pica could compulsively eat things like hair, dirt, rocks, paint chips, chalk, clay, or paper clips. There are even different names for different types of pica. A person with acuphagia eats sharp objects, while a person with pagophagia eats ice. If a person eats wood, they might suffer from xylophagia. And if a person eats stones, they might suffer from lithophagia. As part of his act, Terrar was known to eat stones, wooden objects, and silverware. He even claimed on his deathbed that a golden fork was lodged in his intestines, killing him slowly from the inside. It's possible Terrar wasn't just eating these inedible objects for show, and that he commonly ate rocks and silverware among the other food he ate to satisfy his hunger. If so, then pica may have been the cause. However, most of the time, pica exists alongside other types of mental health disorders. These might include intellectual disability, autism spectrum disorder, or even schizophrenia. According to Dr. Percy, Terrar was of average intelligence and had a rather bland personality. His cannibalism might have hinted at some other level of mental instability for Terrar, but it's more likely he simply did it based on his endless hunger rather than other psychological explanations. Pica can still affect people who do not otherwise suffer from additional mental health disorders. The most common causes of pica are iron deficiency, anemia, malnutrition, and even pregnancy. Pregnant women can crave inedible substances to provide nutrients for their baby. Of course, most pregnancy cravings are for edible substances like pickles and peanut butter. In non-pregnant people, pica is often the body's attempt to acquire nutrients that it's otherwise lacking. For instance, a person who's low on iron may compulsively eat dirt in an effort to compensate for their deficiencies. Most people crave specific edible foods when they're lacking in nutrients, 
but Pika twists those cravings toward inedible things. Tarar may very well have been malnourished. His explosive digestive system likely expelled food before he could fully digest it. Malnutrition could also lead to increased hunger in general, so perhaps this was a part of Tarar's condition. But even if Tarar did at times suffer from pica, pica can hardly explain the entirety of his condition. Pica specifically refers to the compulsive eating of non-edible foods, while Tarar compulsively sought out edible food. In desperation, he ate human flesh, not his mattress, bedsheets, or handfuls of dirt. It seems most likely that Tarar did not suffer from pica. Finally, one other possibility remains. It's possible that all of Tarar's abnormalities originated from him hitting his head a little too hard. If, at a young age, Tarar had an incident that resulted in a concussion or some other form of brain damage, that may explain his insatiable demeanor. In some observed cases, animals that suffer brain trauma can even develop polyphagia. These animals suffered damage to one area of the brain in particular, the hypothalamus. The hypothalamus lies at the center of the brain, and it regulates hunger and thirst. It's also responsible for regulating our hormones and maintaining our body temperature. If Tarar's hypothalamus was injured, it could explain his insatiable appetite and why his skin was always hot to the touch. Growing up in the countryside, young Tarar had many opportunities to damage his hypothalamus. He could have worked in the fields with his parents or even in a mill or factory. If Tarar had suffered an internal head injury from a millstone, rogue mule, or a trip on the cobblestones, nobody would have been able to tell. And all that's to say he could have suffered brain damage from a fall or a bump. It's also possible that his hypothalamus could have been damaged by disease, specifically something like smallpox. Smallpox was incredibly common in the 18th century. In Europe alone, more than one million people would catch smallpox on an annual basis. People who contracted smallpox experienced a high fever and serious skin rash and sores. High fevers can prove deadly, and smallpox in particular had a 30% mortality rate, killing three out of every 10 people who caught the disease. But even if a person survives, there could be lasting damage, especially in infants. If an infant's fever burns too hot or lasts too long, it can cause neurological impairments in that infant's development later in life. Fever-induced hypothalamic disease can have major negative impact on body temperature, appetite, weight, sleep cycles, and physical development. It can also detrimentally affect nutrition absorption, cause the growth of tumors, put the body at increased risk of infection, and mess with the adrenal glands. Tarar possessed almost all of these symptoms. So in essence, we have several strong contenders to explain Tarar's medical circumstances hyperthyroidism, diabetes, and a traumatic brain injury to the hypothalamus could all explain the insatiable Tarar. Unfortunately, we'll never be able to know for sure. Given the limits of medical knowledge at the time, each of these diseases were undiagnosable. Blood tests are necessary to confirm a diagnosis of either diabetes or hyperthyroidism, and an MRI would be required to know if Tarar had suffered a traumatic brain injury. None of these are possible, as Tarar's body has long since decomposed. 
And yet, we may still have some hints as to which condition Tarar suffered from specifically. These hints come from the life story of a man who lived in the same area of Europe around the same time period. If this other example of an extreme glutton has some explanation for his condition, that might also give us a clue for Tarar's. Coming next, we'll examine this other mysterious man. Now back to the story. We've covered several possible explanations for Tarar's condition, but we might be able to learn more about Tarar from the lives of two other men. Tarar shares a shockingly similar story with a man named Charles Domery. Charles was six foot three inches tall with an average build. He had gray eyes and long brown hair. He was a healthy man with smooth skin and he had a massive appetite. He was known to eat cats, dogs, rats, candles, and at one point, human flesh. Charles Domery was born in Poland in 1778. He had nine brothers who also shared the same insatiable appetite. When he was an infant, he and his family survived a bout of smallpox. Charles joined the Prussian military at age 13. The average age for a Prussian soldier was 30 years old, which speaks to how desperate Charles must have been to join the military at such a young age. His unit was sent to attack Thionville in France during the War of the First Coalition, the same war Tarar was said to have fought in. The Prussian army suffered from food shortages, which Charles found unbearable. Unable to cope with his hunger pains, he marched into the town of Thionville and surrendered to the French commander in exchange for a meal. The commander was pleased with his new capture, and he gave Charles a large melon as a reward. Charles ate the melon in a heartbeat, rind and all. With the promise of food, Charles defected from the Prussians and joined the French Revolutionary Army instead. He gained fame among his comrades with his strange eating habits and ceaseless appetite. Charles received double rations from the military, but he still hungered he searched for other ways to obtain more food. It's reported that while stationed near Paris at the army base, Charles ate 174 cats in one year. When cats weren't available, Charles would resort to eating up to five pounds of grass to fill his empty stomach. Charles later got stationed on the French ship Hoche. During a naval battle, a soldier's leg was torn off by cannon fire. In desperation, Charles grabbed the limb and tore into it with his teeth, eating all he could. Horrified, another soldier wrestled the leg away from Charles and threw it overboard. Even after this horrible display, his comrades allowed him to continue serving on the hoche. I guess desperate cannibalism was a little less shocking at the time. In 1798, the hoche was captured off the coast of Ireland and its crew was interned in Liverpool, England. 20-year-old Charles was among those taken captive. Even prison could not deter Charles' appetite. Fascinated with Charles' capacity for eating, his captors increased his rations until they were 10 times as large as the ordinary prisoners. Despite this preferential treatment, Charles still consumed the prison cat and at least 20 rats. He even went so far as to eat the prison candles. Britain's military doctors were called the Commissioners for the Taking Care of Sick and Wounded Seamen and the Care and Treatment of Prisoners of War. 
these doctors became extremely interested in Charles Domery as they assumed that he was afflicted with some unknown disease. They quickly began experimenting on Charles' capacity for eating. At four in the morning, Charles was woken up and presented with four pounds of raw cow's udder. He utterly enjoyed eating it. At nine in the morning, Charles was fed five pounds of raw beef, a bottle of porter, and 12 candles made from animal fat. He ate it all without issue. At one in the afternoon, Charles ate another five pounds of beef, three bottles of porter, and one additional pound of candles. At 6.15, Charles finished the experiment by drinking another bottle of porter, smoking his pipe, and dancing back into his cell. Doctors were astonished that during the experiment, Charles did not once vomit, urinate, or defecate. In this regard, Domery's digestion seems more in line with the slow and steady digestion of competitive eaters, as opposed to the explosive and unpleasant digestion of Terrar. Doctors also noticed that Charles' temperature never changed and his face never flushed. After these initial experiments, Charles Domery drops out of the historical record. It seems more likely than not that Charles was released by the British and returned to France, but we don't actually know if he was released or possibly executed. The similarities between Terrar and Charles Domery are so striking that they may very well have been the same person, but a simpler explanation is that they likely suffered from the same condition. One of Charles Domery's few listed memories from childhood was his family's fight with and survival of smallpox when he was an infant. It's entirely possible that Charles' experience with smallpox resulted in a fever that damaged his hypothalamus. Brain damage such as this could explain both Charles and Terrar's increased appetite and capacity for eating. It seems like a strange coincidence that two men from the same part of the world existed around the same time with exceedingly similar eating problems, the likes of which surpassed the capabilities of even our modern-day competitive eating champions. And yet, Terrar and Charles Domery were two different men with similar life circumstances. Perhaps they even shared the same disease. Terrar could have suffered from hyperthyroidism, diabetes, or a hypothalamic brain injury. But his similarities to Charles Domery and the prevalence of smallpox in Europe at the time make one theory appear more likely than the others. Terrar, the envy of competitive eaters everywhere, most likely suffered from a hypothalamic brain injury caused by a childhood bout with smallpox. Despite his survival, the disease left its mark by injuring his hypothalamus and cursing him with the insatiable appetite that led to his demise. To me, that doesn't seem like much of a stretch. If you're looking for more Unexplained Mysteries, you can find us, as well as all of ParCast's other podcasts, on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play, CastBox, TuneIn, or your favorite podcast directory. You can also find us on Facebook and Instagram as at ParCast and Twitter at ParCast Network. Many listeners ask how to help the show. If you enjoy the show, the best way to do that is to leave a five-star review. See you next Thursday. And remember, 
never take we don't know for an answer. Unexplained Mysteries was created by Max Cutler, is a production of Cutler Media, and is part of the Parcast Network. It is produced by Max and Ron Cutler, sound designed by Russell Nash, with production assistance by Ron Shapiro and Paul Mahler. Additional production assistance by Maggie Admire and Carly Madden. Unexplained Mysteries is written by Caitlin Brands and stars Molly Brandenburg and Richard Rossner. <laughs>